Welcome to another installation, another recording of Capwood in Canada. This time, we have gone out to the East Coast, since we've been spending a lot of our time with a lot of the Capwood around the uh, GTA and the Montreal and Quebec regions. Um, now we've got Kakueti from Capoeira Grupo Dende in Halifax. So welcome, Kakueti. It's a pleasure yeah, to see you and finally here. meet your... For those, of the, for those of you who aren't familiar with Canadian geography, you're probably easily a day and a half drive from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or you know, it's possibly like two days, actually. For, yeah, it's a solid 20, uh, 20 or so hours, depending on how often you stop or how fast you drive. <laughs> Count on 20 to 24 and be pretty good. Pretty good time. Nice. Nice. So, Kakwethi, um, just like all the other uh, interviews, Tell us, tell us how you got involved in capoeira. I uh, I've been doing capoeira since two thousand and four, two thousand November two thousand three, I guess. Uh, and it was it was probably as a result of not having access to some of the other physical outlets. Like I had just, you know, stopped being able to get on competitive hockey teams and baseball teams, kind of like aged out of minor sports, and I. And I, in my mind, thought maybe martial arts is an outlet for this physical, you know, like the physical energy that you used to satisfy me by playing, playing those games. And it was just a good coincidence that at that time, that's exactly when my teachers, Mestre Azetona, Professora Paola, had just moved to Halifax to start teaching capoeira here. They had been in Toronto for one year after moving there from Recife mm -hmm. in Pernambuco in Brazil. And so... The timing was just lucky in that way. Uh, I often remember that that first time that I met them, I was at a, went to a party at a friend's, a mutual friend's house, someone who was studying, uh, had started doing some classes with them. And, uh, but both Azatona and I brought our guitars because we're both guitar players as well as uh, musicians in other ways, capoeira and otherwise. Um, yeah, so, you know, I spoke no Portuguese at the time. He spoke just a little bit of English, but we, uh, played music together all night and that was uh you know the beginning of nice. a great you know a great friendship a great mentorship that continues to this day for sure that's kind of cool that you guys through the music you found a common language and were able to make a connection that is well we're we're what 16 17 <clears throat> years later right <clears throat> yeah it's true i remember at the end of that party my friend you know it was like maybe you know many people who have had the capoeira life have this experience of someone they met who loved it was trying to tell them about it. I mean, we've all been on both sides of that probably. Mm -hmm. uh, so like this friend of mine, mutual friend who was doing some capoeira was like, let me move the couch out of the way. Let me show you. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Azatona who was like, I teach, you should come and, you know, it's like he was just at the party with his guitar. Um, but my friend after, you know, showing me some late night cartwheels and handstands and crashing into the walls and things, it's like, <laughs> you should come on Sunday. You should come to a class on Sunday. And I said, Oh, okay, I will. It sounds like a good idea. It's just what I need. And then he said, as I was walking away, he said, you'll never show up. And it was just that parting shot. It's like, I'm not only going to show up, uh, I'm going to dedicate an enormous amount of energy to it for nice. the next 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, so that was, you said that was around 2003, 2004, when when thing, when Mesa Zatona moved there and you, you encountered them. How has... Yeah. Um, is there, um, 
how has the academy evolved in in Halifax's? You know, like was there? Tell us more about the history of the academy there. Yeah, well, when when Paula Nazatona came here and started teaching, um, they found you know a, a handful of people who had had some capoeira experience prior. Halifax is a big university town, and mm -hmm. there had been um, there had been someone in town teaching capoeira prior to that. So there was a few people who already knew a little bit about capoeira, and uh, and so there was a few of few of those people that started training with Paul and Azatona at that time, as well as other people like myself who fell in, uh, you know, fell into that same community, interested in music and dance and language and history and all of the stuff that got wrapped up in, you know, that is wrapped up in a capoeira experience. And so that was, uh, that was easily four or five years of training with them before they, I guess it would have been, four years of training with them before they had to go back to Brazil. There was a first some family health things. Paula went back to Brazil first for the to see her father, her ailing father at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then Azatona followed shortly after. And so because they had to be back in Brazil, it was at that time that uh, that they invited me to keep teaching classes to uh, to help sort of hold hold the group together by continuing to hold space for it and yeah. and offer classes while they uh, and at that time they were undergoing different attempts to come back to Halifax so you know we thought at the time maybe it would be a few weeks a few months maybe six months it was really just uh, it was really unknown uh, and turns out it's been yeah it's been more like 14 years of me <laughs> of me you know being at the front of their of their group here in Halifax. Nice, nice. That's that's probably presented quite a few challenges for you too, because you don't have, um, you know, similar to our situation when um, in uh, about two thousand four, um, when our group Contramasse uh, Chizora was here, uh, and he had to leave, um, uh, and then there was. We were kind of left without any any guidance, any leadership locally to kind of help us elevate and and Cameroon Falcon, who were the probably the most you know they were the most senior at the time uh, when they reached out to uh, Termesse Lua, uh, mm -hmm. at the time, you know, and, and invited him to um, to you know fill that gap for us. So without that, like how how do you, how have you been filling that gap? How have you been over the over the years? Because uh, you don't have that local um, senior leadership in a sense, right? That senior guy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I feel like my students and, and peers are my teachers in, in a certain way, uh, because of how much, how much there is to learn from a teaching experience. You know, if you, uh, if, as long as you make sure you not to think about it as a one way street, then you, um, you know, it's not just one person downloading information onto a group of students who are just receiving uh, that experience truly is a is is a multi-directional learning experience. So for sure, being a, in a teacher position has kicked my ass a lot. <laughs> uh, in you know, and much more than physically, of course. Like there's so much responsibility that uh, that becomes clear, and then you have have to work to live up to and to to you know stay ahead to continue having energy and information and, right. um, uh, you know, direction for your students. So yeah, for sure. Uh, in lieu of having 
you know, my mess today here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely been the group, the community, uh, and being a teacher that's been in some ways my biggest, my biggest teacher. I mean, I can't, I don't want to under, certainly not under sell the importance of the support that Paula and Asnatona have, have, have provided. Like I've been able to travel and spend time with them a number of occasions oh, and, yeah. um, you know, stay in touch over the years. I remember <coughs> when in 2007, when we were first starting this long distance capoeira relationship, as it were, <laughs> it was like, I would phone, I would buy a calling card at the grocery store mm-hmm. and then I would phone, you know, whatever number, put in that other number. And then I would phone the, the pay phone across the dirt road from their property in uh, just outside of Hesifi in the, in the Igarasu area, like just outside, in fact, Igarasu in an area uh, called Via Hurao, just outside of Hesifi in Pernambuco. So I would phone their pay phone and it would ring and sometimes someone would pick it up, sometimes not. Sometimes they'd be like, oh yeah, at the time, you know, it's just like trying to make it in Portuguese, like explain to this stranger that I want to talk to this guy who lives up the hill. (laughs) He's like, oh yeah. Go get them for me. Don't hang up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes I would hang, sometimes I would dangle there for a while. Sometimes (laughs) wouldn't work. Um, And now these days, you know, now I can just like FaceTime as it's like we can, he's, you know, we're in much like this, much closer touch. There's the ability to like see each other's faces and communicate directly like uh it's been a huge revolution in those in those last whatever 14 years of being able to be in touch so the their support is obviously like invaluable and then also the support of other teachers mestres other you know senior students friends and peers all over the countryside and and uh, you know for sure there's there's been lots of lots of supportive and important people in my capoeira life uh that have you know, kept me excited, like, yeah, kept made me feel the incentive to just, you must be at the very base level, keep it going. Yeah, you must be really driven to to travel to a lot of events then in order to bring more back, right? Um, because you don't, yeah, you don't have that local, um, that local source. Right? Sure, so that must put a lot of pressure yeah. on you. I mean, it's certainly super fun. I love, you know, as I told them, would always say that, you know, you do have to be a traveler, like in order to be a, a capoeira, you have to be a traveler, like to go. And he describes also being like a student like that in his group when he was growing up in Hesif, his, um, his teacher, Mestre Curiscu there with a group called Chapel de Coru. Um, and he was always traveling. Um, you know, he describes getting on his bike for a bunch of hours, going up to, you know, going up to a different community, different yeah. groups, different fathers. Uh, and, uh, you know, like being a traveler, not being a, not living just inside the walls of one community, but uh, trying to broaden your experience and, and absorb, uh, you know, to both have a very clear notion of your roots, which I think is very, very important, but also to to have a wide open mind, too. Those are both valuable qualities that he that he has always emphasized to me. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's one of the aspects of, for me, um, shortly after starting Capoeira, when I, you know, when that, um, that message was being passed on to us from, from the senior students saying, you know, like Capoeira, you got to travel, you have to go to other people's events, not only just to, um, but it, like, not only just to, to 
gain more experience and knowledge that then you can bring back to, uh, in your case, your, you know, to your students and for me as well here, but, um, but also, you know, making those connections and, and, you know, broadening your, your network of connections around. Right. Um, and I think, oh, yeah, hugely. I think part of that to me, I, like it was one of the, one of the huge factors that, um, that has kept me within this martial art because it's so just that component, never mind all the rest of it, uh, is so different from what is typical in any other uh, commonplace martial arts academy on the street corner, right? Mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, yeah, so being stuck in those four walls, you just, that's it. That's all you know, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, Kepler is so social, like, you know, in a way, martial arts, the, t the title martial art kind of doesn't quite, you know, as you know, if you're trying to explain Kepler to someone who's never seen it or heard about it or doesn't know any of the nuances of the thing, uh, just calling it a martial art sort of undersells many aspects of it. But the social aspect is uh, a large one. Like mm -hmm. uh, it is so um, it's a social ritual, you know, uh, maybe maybe more important at some levels than its combat qualities and uh, and so it's it's definitely something that I always thrived off of. It was an incentive to keep digging, like to keep showing up, like those social dynamics. The like, ah, oh, I really like that person, or I'm not sure I like that person, or wow, they're getting way better, way faster. Yeah, especially I, I want to keep up. You, you revisit know? places you haven't been to in a while, and you have those, you know, you've made those connections, and you're like, yeah, like you, that person has change drastically not only maybe in physical ability but just in the in the vocabulary of of skill set oh uh, yeah right? and you're just like yeah totally <laughs> yeah and i mean the thing that's also fascinating about that is that you've met them maybe a handful of times mm -hmm. at capoeira events but you have this kind of intimate knowledge of the person just because you have this phys you know you watch their body you understand their personality very quickly in a capoeira context so yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can really you know capoeira if you have experience watching people play then you do get better at die you know noticing who is who is what uh as certainly as far as what it means in the hada but also just like people's lives also like yeah, yeah. you can see the thing writ large uh and so it's true like you you meet them again and again and you build this quite intimate picture of a person even though you've maybe spent you know like a relatively small amount of time with them but it's like a deeply intimate amount of, it's a deeply intimate kind of time you know yeah. well yeah you it's, don't it's, always it, it's like it, we can meet people but um it you know when you when you enter the hoda with somebody and you're at the the pentebid and bow and and you know there you are two people eye to eye right mm. like it, yeah like you said it's extremely intimate in that aspect right and then it's just then it's that whole conversation of where are we going to go from us just staring at mm -hmm. you know staring at each other, right? And yep. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's like what all stuff like what do you want? It's uh, you know it goes unspoken largely, but you know mm -hmm. like exactly what are you here for? What do you want? What can you do? What can't you do? Like those are conversations you wouldn't have with someone in the first thirty seconds you just met them, but right? Um, you know it's like what can your body do like, it's quite intimate like but in a in a hada you're like oh, okay that person has this they don't have that like maybe they do but they didn't show it to me mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh it's it's fascinating you know and some of my great you know met some of the great friends of of my life being part of this thing like being thrust into this 
you know, this very intense and intimate experience with, with sometimes the same people every day for a long time, like some of my friends and students and, and teachers, but also, you know, total strangers who suddenly like connected. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's talk a little bit about like, and we've talked about some of the, some of the challenges you you've had for just being a capoeirista in, um, in. I don't want to just, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Halifax isn't remote. It's just it's a way out. It, you know, it's very far away from you know from uh, from the GTA and. Yeah, um, and I mean maybe most importantly from a capoeira. I mean capoeira often lands in, it lands wherever the teachers land, and it's often in bigger right. cities. So exactly, you know, we have to drive to. Uh, there's no cap like 10 hours to Quebec City is the closest neighboring capoeira group. Yeah, exactly. you know as far as that goes. So it's like there's not one in Moncton or Fredericton, nowhere else in Nova Scotia. So you yeah. know it's a you're, it's you're a bit of a path alone on the East Coast. <laughs> I mean, there is other capoeira here too. Uh, you know, there's there's often students that come and go from university. There's a, a very talented uh, contramestre comprido from. Uh, uh, who's here? He's actually from the Truro area in Nova Scotia. Okay. So he's been he's been in and out of uh, living in in Nova Scotia for the last few years as well. He was for a lot of years in Montreal uh, um, with the Grupo Porto de Porto da Baja. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a great friend who's uh, who's here teaching some classes in Halifax uh, as well. Contra Mestre Comprido. Right. So yeah, it's like, but you know, it's like. It's not like when you're in Brazil and there's a hada happening here and there and over yeah. there, or like the experience in experience in Toronto of being able to like, ah, oh, there's an event. Let's go. Let's check it yeah, out. Yeah, when we when we like have like 25 minutes when we have our event season, you know, when between like May and September, um, there's something going on almost every weekend, right? Whether it's That's here so in great. the GTA or whether it's Montreal or Quebec City, uh, or even just south of the border, right in in some of the you know Rochester mm-hmm. and um, Detroit and um, you yeah. know, people who really want to make the push, they can make a drive out to like Washington DC and, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, uh, yeah, there's always something going on. And even when it comes from a, just from a class perspective, you know, when classes were on in person, there would, th- you could pick any night of the week and there'd be a class going on somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it didn't matter. Right. Yeah, it's a great, you know, a great thing for if you're if you're a student who's hungry to learn and having access, you know, yes. to to more. It's so valuable. So, yeah. So, yeah. Like, have there what other challenges have you have you been have you faced with um, with <clears throat> excuse me with maintaining the academy in Halifax? I mean, I think probably the biggest the biggest challenge we already talked a bit about is that that experience that Paul and Azatona had of want really wanting to be here, wanting to set roots here in Halifax, spending, you know, better part of four years doing that and then being forced to, to go back home to Brazil. And then there was a great deal of uncertainty, like, ah, this program that we're applying through to immigrate to Halifax is, 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 has changed. Oh, we've got to change. We have to pivot. It's like suddenly got canceled. And there's a great deal of, back and forth and shifting as far as that has as that went especially in the first few years after they left so um that definitely uh has has been a challenge but more recently uh more recently it's a little like they've had a few more kids there's still they're more established now in brazil um and so now it's, it's a little more clear that we're working in this way like 
I'm here, they're there, and we'll do what we can. Nice. Uh, we'll do what we can to keep, you know, to keep, yeah, to keep feeding this lineage, you know, to keep uh, supporting this art form and 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 you know representing it to the best possible level here in Halifax. Right on, right on. From with all your time as a as a capoeirista and a Canadian capoeirista, that <clears throat> how has in in your opinion do you do you think uh, or how has how has capoeira evolved in Canada from your perspective, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not an authority on it because of uh, I feel like there's many more people like many more people who have done a lot more traveling inside Canada. Um, you know, I've been like in mostly to mostly to Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec mm -hmm. City, Toronto, but um, a little bit in Vancouver, just a few times, but. Uh, for sure, for sure, there's just a, a depth of it. Like there's people, you know, there's people like yourself who are, who are like investing energy, spreading the word, who've been in it for, you know, more than a decade, who are like deeply initiated into the thing. So if you flash back a decade or more, then there would be fewer of those people, you know, who had been, yeah. had the chance to, to invest that time. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. It's been, a, I mean, the last talking about how I used to call Azatone on a payphone and now I can send him a, a, a meme if I want. You know, there's been a lot, there's been a huge explosion in, uh, in digital media and mm -hmm. uh, that's great for students in one way because you can gain access to an amazing wealth of stuff. Right. Um, and I think that that definitely strengthens Capoeira outside of Brazil is because we can, you know, we can have access to video information um, it's easier to study languages now than it ever has been before. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, watching people, watching movies on the internet. Yeah. Access to <clears throat> more content. Radio. Available, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. So to say nothing, that's been to say nothing of like where it's gotten to, it's definitely, I think a great time to be a student in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Here in Canada, you know, definitely. I don't know if there's like, maybe there's been some up and down as far as like the, appetite for capoeira like you could probably have had that experience of like there was been moments when people knew generally were like drawn to it there were more students showing up being like oh yeah capoeira and then times when for whatever reason yeah, definitely we've got ebbs and flows we definitely had ebbs and flows like that for sure where it's coming waves and kind of and yeah kind of you know fades a bit and then then there's another big yeah. wave right for sure um <laughs> it's just and it's like, uh, oh, I saw this thing on this movie, you know, right, exactly. oh, there was this thing on like this Will Ferrell movie or this, you know, whatever. Yeah. People, yeah. There's like six touchstones people I was talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And for me, like, you know, I'm just, like a lot of us here, you know, it was it was only the strong right in, in the early 90s. But yeah, <laughs> where I was growing up, part of it, too, was I was deeply invested in another martial art at the time. Um, but uh, uh, but the other part of it, like to find someone who was teaching around you um, in my city there, you know, I highly unlikely, uh, I wouldn't have found anybody. We like at the pro shop for our academy where I was um, studying at the time, um, who was the owner of the pro shop was also the, the head of our academy. He, uh, you know, he had ordered it in a couple of books. He had a big library of books of, on various martial mm -hmm. arts and Messe Bimba's book was there with like the, the, the fundamentals, you know, with all the hand-drawn figures and, you know, yeah. and we would look through it and be like, 
this is really weird stuff, right? <laughs> you know, in comparison yeah, like, to what we were doing. What exactly? Yeah, right. right. You know, um, and it was it was just it was lacking that. You know, I think if I had come across somebody back then, um, who was a teacher who can give you the the full experience and the full view uh, or you know depth of view of what is involved, I probably would have mm-hmm. I probably would have um, been well I, I would can guarantee i would have started way sooner <laughs> yeah right that's um, a th- i mean it's interesting because you can't you know if like if i met you at a party and and i was like oh what do you do i mean even if you tried to sell to sell me on the fact that you teach capoeira uh it would be very very difficult at that party for you to give me a real feeling of it so so often it's like seven factors collaborating or maybe you just that experience we have of seeing or hearing it yep yeah, first you hear the beating bow, and then you're out in the street in a park or a festival, and you're like, that, that, that something is, powerful going on. It's powerful. It's just completely different, completely, you know, you're something that the sound of the beating bow is, yeah, mm-hmm. something you've just, uh, if you haven't heard it before, you're just like, you know, it catches you. like, that is not a mm-hmm. normal sound, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time that I ate fresh pineapple. It was like, I, don't know, I think it was like 18 or 19, I, had thought I had only had canned pineapple until that point. Right. And so I, I was like, oh, that stuff's not good. Yeah, pineapple's no good. It's sickly sweet. It's gross. <laughs> and then, anyway, the feeling of like eating, putting fresh pineapple in my mouth for the first time and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to know more about this. I got to have this in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was an experience. I mean, that's what falling in love with something like capoeira feels a little bit like. You're like, hold on. This is very deep. Uh, this is profound. This is exciting. I need. I need more. Just like let me. How can I get some more experience exactly. with this? Yeah, so. we we turn into big sponges, right? And we just want just want to take it all. Yeah, you know, and, and learn more, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, do you think, um, in any sort of way, that Canadian culture has influenced the Capoeira scene in Canada, from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question to think about. I mean, Canada is such a huge, diverse landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many languages, many, many different cultural backgrounds represented. It's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, you know, if you think about the Canadian stereotypes, it's like, oh, it's cold. That definitely affects the movement of Brazilian people. They're like, hmm, am I going to, oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> like, uh uh, you know, Capoeira is really, or sorry, Canada is really, you know, people think about how polite Canadians are mm. and that doesn't necessarily mesh with this, the same strategies and like ways of moving through the world that happen in a Capoeira context, you know? That's true. Um, so, I mean, but interestingly enough, like I, I play, I know lots of Canadian Capoeiras and, and, uh, they might be very sweet outside of the Capoeira context. Uh, apologizing a lot and making sure you're cool, but plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of, yeah, it's not to say that that's something they're very differential and polite in a capoeira game. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think about Canada as, uh, as we know it as being a place that's more welcoming than, than some other places to, to difference and diversity and not, we're not trying to, um, maybe have such an assimilationist attitude about different cultural things. So uh, anyway, that's my, that, I hope that that's true of 
Canada in general. That's <laughs> what I would. That's what I would like to be true about our country. And uh, you know, you can see hints of it for sure. Yeah, I think. Um, but it's necessary to learn a. You know, to become a student of a cultural practice that's not from where you're from is it takes a, an openness and it, there's many you know there's it's full of ways to do it wrong <laughs> you could uh, there's pitfalls uh, yep so approaching it with deference and respect i think is maybe a good thing uh, that that so maybe that's and then and not just having a closed mind to different cultural practices like we are this mosaic of of people who have traveled to this land, unless you're talking about indigenous cultures mm -hmm. that are, you know, like that are native to this territory. But yeah, that openness can be important. Cool. Cool. For now, uh, for someone who would be, you know, who's an experienced Capoeira, who's may, uh, you know, they've say they've uh, recently moved here or, you know, they've, they've graduated to a level where, um, you know, they've been, they have the permission to, to start teaching on their own. Um, what advice would you have for somebody who's deciding to go to a new city where there is no Capoeira and they are there, they want to set up, uh, roots of, of Capoeira in a new place? What would you, what, what would be some advice for them that you'd say? Hmm. Man, that's, yeah. It's a good question. Not something that I've ever done, so I'm just speculating. But uh, maybe from you know, a, I, from uh, you know from you maintaining the academy there, what have what have been some yeah. like go look back at some of the, the the hurdles you've had to overcome in order to keep things running, or you know what effort you've had to put in in order to make yeah. sure that you know and develop awareness within within Halifax, you know that kept sure, what, is yeah. and what is what what's it's all about, right? Yeah, you know? I mean. Maybe the most crucial thing as a student or as a teacher is is just the the constant practice of the thing. And like there's practice in the sense of like working on a, a technique or something, but in the broader sense, like I practice capoeira. I, I have been doing that for a long time and just you know, just identifying with that and and the consistent work that comes with being a practitioner of a thing. I think that that is really like the linchpin because you could say like be a good person or like be yourself or you know but those things are going to happen naturally and you just need to keep putting in the time really like yeah like, there have been lots of chances it, it could easily have been you know in a parallel universe where i got drawn in a different direction and wouldn't be sitting here on this call with you but <laughs> uh one thing i can say for sure you know it's like talent who knows but like definitely have kept kept working kept practicing Continued and i think that that has discipline yeah and then all the aspects right it, yeah i mean and that benefits uh that really benefits uh i think that has definitely benefited me like there have always with you know little uh with uh you know a few weeks here or there a summer vacation or a christmas break there have been classes happening in Halifax since 2007 that I've been teaching. So it's like, that's a, uh, that can, that, that constant practice is probably the most important thing. And, uh, and then I think that then you give yourself a chance to express your, uh, your charisma or your, your whatever kind of like, um, particular talents that you have that you can transmit to your students or 
um, that people might be interested in learning. Like if you're a great musician or really acrobatic or like a great, you know, a great fighter who's really yep. intimidating, or if you're just like that kind of luminous personality who draws people in and it creates a, a beautiful atmosphere everywhere you go. Like the, if you think, I can think about many different of my mentors and all those different characteristics that I was drawn to. <laughs> And that, and I think that that just, you know, that comes through once you just, you're just working, you know, you're there, you show up and then to a certain extent, the rest can have a chance to happen. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, and that's a, that's a cool thing because I was, when I was, uh, I was just having a, an interview with uh, Mesa Henny from. Oh, nice. In Edmonton. In Edmonton. Yes. And, uh, and he was talking about the similar idea you were talking about, you know, when you're, when you're whether it's just a, a hoda within your academy or an event, you know, there's everybody kind of gravitates to obviously something that is, uh, that comes easy to them. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, so for some people, like you said, it's the music, just playing the music, or maybe they've got a great voice. Right. And, and that's their way of contributing or, you know, they're just physically, they have, uh, amazing agility and, and a lot of the movement comes, uh, really well to them or they're acrobatic or whatever or you know on that one point they're just luminous there's you know you encounter those people who are just like big brilliant smiles and they just they exude this positivity mm. all the time right and you you get all that kind of you know brewing in the same pot all at once and there's like this so that this that the shade right that the shade builds and that like that's the um actually now that i'm starting to talk about it i've just i think i've come up with another way of of describing that that feeling that it, that the energy of the mm. ashe right and that's actually uh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna write that one down but oh yeah <laughs> but, you know, yeah um that's, totally. that's actually, one of the notebooks yeah definitely gonna go in the, in the, the journal um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah that's like i think that's the beautiful thing about um about the martial art right because it's not just you know strap on your gi tie your belt go run through, follow, the, follow, follow the steps follow the steps punch and kick and and drill and and then go home right it's yeah well i mean it, you know? it speaks to the history i mean that's one thing that can never like you can never be finished studying that aspect of the thing like mm -hmm. it didn't spring suddenly onto a canadian landscape like we can think about the the history of capoeira all the nuances of the movement of people from africa Yes. Uh, to Brazil, the experience of enslaved people, the experience of African people in Brazil, the mixing of different cultural roots, yep. the like literal, like the physical resistance, the cultural resistance to the oppression of of black people in colonial Brazil. Yeah, um, and the oppression of and one thing that's, in general as well, right up until the early 1900s. Sure. Yeah, the prohibition yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, the fact that Capoeira is a unique as a martial art for not being a military, having a military history. It in fact has a countercultural history. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert of any other martial arts really, but um, it's clear in the fingerprint of, Cap of Capoeira that it's, uh, it's not from the establishment. It's, you know, it's challenging the establishment. You know, it's the way that Capoeira moves to me feels like uh, it's, you know, it's more like a party than an organized line of people saluting. Right. And in that sense, it's it feels uh, it feels less like a military. It's uh, less military, know, um, but even in that party, even in that party, there's 
there's there's still an understanding of hierarchy there's still an understanding of certain etiquette even mm -hmm. though it's not it's not in your face it's there and and, and sure, that's, yeah. that's another beautiful part of it too right because it's like you know once you start to understand those different aspects of it then it's like it's just it's cool you know it's just yeah. everybody's just cool with it right it's not like it's not yeah. being you know it's not being authoritatively being drilled into you right yeah one thing that you you were saying about what Henny what Mestre Henny was talking about um, reminded me of this other quality which is beautiful about Capoeira, which is that since it's so diverse, you'll you'll be given this opportunity to do something that you is a strength if you're a musician already or if you're a, good with languages or if you're acrobatic or whatever. But it's because it's so diverse, like you will have another thing that it'll give you that you that won't be a strength. It's like. Yeah. Here's your reward. You're good at this already. Right. Like, you can you can rise on this wave here. Yeah. But at the same time, here's a thing which is going to be hard for you, for and sure. uh, and it's a beautiful thing that shows you both your strengths and your weaknesses. It's not like just one or just the other because that wouldn't be as fruitful that way. Yeah, and and even from a if you take the same idea from a from a someone who wants to learn. You know, they can look at one of those those options or those dynamics that may come easy to them, right? And that's kind of their that's their their comfort comfortable way of stepping into the academy, right? And then <clears throat> and then they can work on the other aspects that are they're more uncomfortable with, but they still have that they still have a place they can go to be comfortable within the space. And it's not like yeah. stepping into some martial arts academy where you're completely out of your comfort zone and you have maybe, you know, two or three classes. And you're like, you know what? This just isn't for me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sure. Capoeira, oh. you've got all those different possibilities where it's like, you can always come back to that one space. You know what? I'm, I'm really happy here. This comes easy to me. I, you know, I can come back to that. You know, I can kind of reset my myself mentally and emotionally and then go back to working on the things that were difficult and frustrating and, and bigger challenges, right? So I think yeah. uh, that's a... That's yeah, a I mean, it's good. I think it's... It's strengthened. Capoeira is strengthened by its the subjectivity. Like I don't. It's it's true that other martial arts have a subjective, you know, subjective part, like the style, the particular personal approach. But it's really writ, written quite large in the Capoeira experience, like your own personal contribution. It's not like who gets to the other side of the room the fastest. It's like how does it look? How does it feel? What did right. you say? Yeah. Uh, and so because Capoeira has that strong subjective side, like everyone can contribute really like in a different way. If it's just sprinting a hundred yard dash or if it's just knocking that person out, then it's like you're going to have, it's going to be more objective whether you can contribute or not. Mm. Um, but in a, in Capoeira, in a Capoeira Hada, it's so social, like children can participate alongside you know, 250 pound adults and, uh, and people learn to discriminate and just, and decipher what the moment demands as they become more experienced. And that way everyone yeah. plays together, like no weight classes, no gender divisions. Like no, that's a beautiful yeah, thing about and, Capra. And very rarely there's no, well, in, unless it's a formal event, we don't really, yeah, there's no belt classes either. Right. Like it's, you know, it's just like everybody just go play. Right. Yeah, train trains together. Everyone's you're, got things to learn from each other. You're four foot six, and you got to play against anybody that's six feet tall, or 
you know, yep. like you were saying one person's 250 pounds and another person could be 150 and it doesn't matter. There's Kepoda has ways for both of those people to be successful, right? Uh, yeah. I've been some of my classes these days. We haven't since COVID uh, and since some of the lock, most recent lockdowns of our classes and the ability to have public classes in Halifax these days, I'm currently teaching two nights a week and there's, uh, instead of having a kid's class, I'm welcoming kids to the regular classes. And we've right. got very interesting classes that happen when it's like some people who've been doing capoeira for a decade, but then a five-year-old, seven-year-old, two 14-year-olds, you know, it's really, you learn pretty quick how much people <laughs> have to contribute, yes. you know. And that's challenging and on your aspect too, because now you've got, you've got a broader range within that one class that you have to cater to right to, yeah. to to teach right um but a fun yeah it's a fun puzzle and it certainly <laughs> is a, and it's a beautiful thing i mean i really think that um i'm more and more interested in the subjective you know the like what's between the lines quality like if i inspire a student to engage in capoeira they're gonna like they're gonna go home and practice yes. they're gonna do bananera against the wall they're gonna do ponte they're gonna practice kicks they're gonna put in time and then that's what's that side is going to come for sure. But there's all this like fascinating gray area inside this art form. This like nuances that I think are as much to me, the fascinating, exciting parts as it is like, how, how flexible can you stay? Like, you know, how fast is that, is that movement? How many new pieces of vocabulary can you be comfortable with? Yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. Um, why don't you tell us, what has been maybe what share with us a, a moment um, in your academy in Halifax that is probably uh, has been the most memorable or the uh, a moment that you would be like, you know, I'm very proud of what happened this day or, or on this moment, mm. this, you know? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, uh, there's just so many unremarkable days where something beautiful happens. And, you know, it's like, it's Tuesday. It's another capoeira class in some cases, because we're, you know, it's a small and smallish group. It's like, Oh, these are, you know, nine out of 10 familiar faces. We've done this before, but um, there's so many times when something luminous happens and those are, uh, you know, in the spirit of just practicing again and again and again, it's, that's something that's exciting when something beautiful and surprising still happens, even though there's so many, you know, it's like, it's another day of being in this, being part of this lineage. Um, but in a more specific way, I remember when uh, I can really remember the Hada when it was like the last day that Azatona was here, we had a Hada that we had started taking things off the walls of the actual physical space that we were using. And it was like some of the photos from that, from that Hada are interesting. It's like, you can see kind of like where the mirrors had been taken down and, Right. It would, um, but you know, there's a big, big show of support. Obviously, people were there who, who were really emotionally, uh, you know, really emotionally invested, and and that was a beautiful hada for me. I, I think back on that time as an interesting, as an interesting, just you know, needle or like hinge in my life. I remember in the middle of the hada, Paula, who was already in Brazil, phoned and she. I was in the other room, like <laughs> trying to talk to her. She's like, Ross, you're going to be teaching. Just remember, don't talk too much. Um, that was her, one of her important pieces of advice for me. Yeah. 
because uh, uh, you know it's easy to talk too much about capoeira instead of just just do it get moving yeah just do it that was a beautiful memory for sure um i was really proud of uh in 2000 and i guess it would have been 2017 my students um surprised me with a you know just a we had a hada already planned and uh, but they surprised me with a little commemoration of me teaching for 10 years oh, nice. uh, and made a, um, you know, and there were some people who were made some very, very like students uh, talking frankly about how great it's been that they had capoeira as part of their life or talking about some of my <laughs> strengths and weaknesses as a, <laughs> as a teacher. Uh, but that was, you know, that's very, very memorable when I think about, uh, think about, my experience over the last little while it's like 10 years is a pretty concrete it's like oh wow that's something yeah that's a, that's not a small thing and then also it's not just 10 years of my life it was 10 years of so many people's lives and, right uh and not just that but some people who have been there the whole time and for whom it's a really important part of their growth as a as a human being so that's yeah that's i mean that's it's a, little hard to top that one as far as like singular <laughs> singular hadas there was one gift of i don't i think i probably don't have it right with me but there was a gift of one of my students who's a great metal worker made a little dobro and oh, no a way. student who's a carpenter great friends and uh capoeira peers and students put them like built this little box that it fits into and it said had uh you know some my name and the name of the group Oh, that's in Boston. Yeah, so it's like a nice, nice little souvenir. Nice, nice. Cool. Um, well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. This is actually really yeah, awesome course. because uh, through a mutual friend, we made this connection, um, which is, you know, another, again, cool thing, you know, beauty of having these connections of, you know, people in various places in our network of friends. Um, oh, of course. You know, and uh, it sounds like you guys are, slightly open now that you're able to to do things in person which that must feel really good oh my goodness yeah it's been <laughs> yeah we had a couple weeks in the fall and then it shut back down in december yeah and then since midway through january we've been able to have a couple classes a week we're not singing uh, yes. but okay. training in in the same space together and uh yeah it's like capoeira is exactly what everyone was missing like it is a thing that is was part of all these elements that were taken away when we're being cautious during the lockdown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like it's like the reverse of uh, quarantine. I know. I think all the handshakes, all the singing, all the man, high fives. And I've been being close to people. Was I was talking to a few people, um, you know, uh, actually when I, I think I was, when I was interviewing Conte Masse Pirata and, and uh, mm -hmm. even over the holidays, over the Christmas holidays, I um, was having a few conversations with Messe Lua and and a few others and we're just saying you know when things open up here in ontario the hoda in in the toronto is going to be <laughs> a it'll probably yeah. it'll probably go for like 24 hours and it will be yeah. 24 hours of just like volume at 11 sort of right? oh yeah you know uh and it, all of us are so bloody hungry to get back together um no kidding yeah be, like going to be through the roof you know um, yeah tell me when that's happening i want to be there that would be awesome yeah <laughs> for sure absolutely um yeah definitely I'll, now that i have uh now that i've got your contact information definitely keep you in the loop 
you know. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah, happy to huge. hear about what's going on. I, mean, I can imagine. I, be... I can imagine Montreal and Quebec are going to be the same. Um, you know, it. Uh, so really looking forward to when we can <laughs> when we can all interact in person again. It'll be uh, it'll be so nice. But oh my uh, God, yeah. But for now, it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I can see the sun still shining for you. It's still shining for me back here. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, of course. For, you know, making yourself available so we can have this call and, uh, and stay safe. And, you know, we'll talk soon. Obrigado. Yeah, obrigado você. Obrigado todo mundo que está ouvindo. Uh, obrigado. Salve, salve todos os mestres de Pernambuco. Salve, mestre Azeitona, Paula e a família toda. Você e todo mundo também. Ah.